0: Welcome, once again, to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher, Charles Haddon Spurgeon as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Today's text is found in Luke chapter 8 and verse 13 in the parable of the sower. These have no root. My soul, examine thyself this morning by the light of this text. Thou hast received the word with joy. Thy feelings have been stirred, and a lively impression has been made. But remember that to receive the word in the ear is one thing and to receive Jesus into thy very soul is quite another. Superficial feeling is often joined to inward hardness of heart, and a lively impression of the word is not always a lasting one. In the parable, the seed in one case fell upon ground having a rocky bottom, covered over with a thin layer of earth. When the seed began to take root, its downward growth was hindered by the hard stone, and therefore it spent its strength in pushing its green shoot aloft as high as it could, but having no inward moisture derived from root nourishment, it withered away. Is this my case? Have I been making a fair show in the flesh without having a corresponding inner life? Good growth takes place upwards and downwards at the same time. Am I rooted in sincere fidelity and love to Jesus? If my heart remains unsoftened and unfertilized by grace, the good seed may germinate for a season, but it must ultimately wither, for it cannot flourish on a rocky, unbroken, unsanctified heart. Let me dread a godliness as rapid in growth and as wanting in endurance as Jonah's gourd. Let me count the cost of being a follower of Jesus. Above all, let me feel the energy of His Holy Spirit." and then I shall possess an abiding and enduring seed in my soul. If my mind remains as obdurate as it was by nature, the sun of trial will scorch, and my hard heart will help to cast the heat the more terribly upon the ill-covered seed, and my religion will soon die, and my despair will be terrible. Therefore, O heavenly sower, plough me first, and then cast the truth into me, and let me yield thee a bounteous harvest. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We're delighted that you've tuned in today, and we're especially grateful for those of you who make this program a regular part of your day. The response to these broadcasts has been most encouraging. Your words of appreciation and support mean a great deal to us as we seek to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ. If you have written to say that the Lord has blessed you or to ask for some of the literature that we offer, then take our thanks for taking the time to do so. You may contact us by email or by regular mail or by telephone. You may write Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You may email us at info at org. That's info at org, Or you may phone us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Also, if you enjoy these programs, you may like to join us on our website, Let the Bible Speak Radio or ltbsradio.com. Don't forget the word radio, ltbsradio.com. In addition to the regular programs, the website contains video clips of Dr. Cairns answering questions regarding various issues, such as, why did Christ have to be God? Did God create evil? Or, how do we know the Bible is the Word of God? These video portions are listed under Q&A with Alan Cairns. You're sure to find these presentations to be informative and enlightening. Q&A with Alan Cairns is found on ltbsradio.com. This edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns brings the concluding portion of a message called Christ Walking on the Water. The narrative in Matthew chapter 14 records the Lord Jesus sending the disciples away by boat from the scene of the feeding of the 5,000. He knew they would encounter a fierce storm, but His purpose was to show them something of Himself. He remained on the mountain to pray. In their extremity... They couldn't see him, but he could see them. Having prayed for them, he came to them, walking on the sea. Through this experience, the disciples had a new sight of Christ as truly the Son of God. The lessons for us are clear. Be like Jesus in prayer, obey him, and trust him. Now here is Dr. Cairns to conclude this message.
1: Christ walking
0: on the water.
1: I don't want to get into demonology today. Uh, I believe that there are malignant powers of hell at work in the world. But I think that we have charismatic preachers running around scaring people uh, with the devil, the big boogeyman of Satan, about things that Satan's not a wee bit interested in, while all the time they never talk about the things that he really is doing. The Bible tells you what those things are. Seducing spirits. What do they do? They lead to false doctrine. They produce another gospel. They divert from Christ. They corrupt the, the pure revelation of grace. They damn souls by this. But these things hardly get mentioned. We'll not go in, into all that this morning. But these disciples, thinking they saw a spirit, cried out. Jesus said, be of good cheer. be of good cheer I want you to see this very carefully you're in the storm you think you're going to see the devil but the one that's waiting for you it's not the devil it is your savior that's what he's saying I'm here I'll never forsake you I'll never leave you I'm here be of good cheer and don't be afraid. That simple word, what a voice. The hymn writer in the hymn we were singing this morning tried to use a little poetry described to describe the beauty of that voice. But no human words can ever adequately describe both the beauty, the music, and yet the mighty power, the authority of the voice of the Lord Jesus. Revelation 1 speaks of it as the voice of many waters to bring cheer and comfort amid the storm. And then Jesus entered the ship. And if the disciples had known the chorus that we learned as kids, I have no doubt they'd have sung it with Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm as we go sailing home. Because when Jesus got in, the storm came under control, and they reached their intended destination. Now, I want you to get this. I want you to understand the significance of this. Jesus had sent them out on that journey, right? They ran into a storm. It appeared they were not going to make it, But I want to tell you, when Jesus sends you on a journey, you will certainly reach the destination. In Luke chapter 8, you will read of another incident. He said, arise and let us go to the other side. And once again, the storm appeared to stand in their way. And on that occasion, they said, Lord, you're sleeping, waking up, we're perishing. But stop and think of it. Has not Jesus said the same to you and me? Let's arise and go to the other side. We're on a journey to where? Well, first to the place of service, but ultimately we're on a journey to glory. The storms of life come against you. The advances of hell would seek to stop your progress. But Jesus says, we're going to the other side. And we will reach our desired heaven. Now, that's the record. And I have taken all my time in that so that I'll not really have opportunity to deal with the significance of this miracle to you and me as well as to the disciples. I'll ask you as you go home to think of this, however, and I trust you will think of this, because the more I have pondered this miracle, the more I realize its wide-ranging significance. You've got the, the whole history of Christ and his church, both in its individual members and in its corporate identity. You've got the history of Christ and his church in this picture. They're out there in the sea. They're doing the will of God. Their Savior's up on the mountain. He's praying while they labor. They're faced with all sorts of opposition. Human strength cannot avail to do the work that Christ has sent them to do. What do they need? They need the visitation of the Savior in his almighty power. There's the picture of the church. There's the picture of the individual Christian. And I want you to go from this house today with this confidence that the Lord Jesus Christ is God and he can do anything he wills to do. Anything he wills to do. But I want you to take this. He loves us and he will do what it takes to fulfill his will in us and to carry us safely through. But we do have to face something about ourselves here. I've said all this about Christ. You'd think after all the disciples had learned about the Lord Jesus, they'd have recognized him a mile away. But they didn't. You'd think after all the experience you and I have had in the Christian life, the number of times we've been down in the depths and he's come and lifted us up. The number of times we have misread our circumstances. The number of times we have run, t- jumped to different and wrong conclusions. The number of times we have allowed affliction to embitter our souls. All these things. And again and again and again the Lord Jesus has come and he's proved himself to us. You would think by now when we get into affliction and the Lord Jesus is going to show himself that we would now be prepared for it. But we're not one thing you find here is that so often the Lord Jesus is the unrecognized Christ. Even when he comes to do his people good. And can you see here, we, we torment ourselves that this is the devil afflicting us when all the time it is our Savior drawing near That's what they were doing. It's a spirit. It's a devil. It's something hurtful. It's something terrible. No, no, no. It is I. It is I. All that you would take these words with you today. I don't know the storms that are going to come across your life this week or this month or this year. But if you belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to you, if you are washed in his precious blood and you are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in him, if your trust is in Christ, then simply obey him. And if the path of obedience brings you into storms, trust him. He's got them under his feet. Do you remember the word of Nahum? The clouds are the dust of his feet. And when you find the sun obscured and the wind whipping up, remember it's only an indication that the Lord is moving. This is the truth. So even when you can't understand why he places you in a stormy affliction, remember he's protecting you, as he was the disciples, sometimes from greater danger, but he's protecting you in order to show you himself. There's a lovely truth in this passage that I want to remember, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. I see the disciples on the sea miles away I see the Savior in the mountain they couldn't see him they could not see him but he could see them so often we get perplexed at our dim view of the Savior, when we get into all sorts of troubles, I can't see His face, I can't hear His voice, I can't trace His hand. Remember, He's interceding. And He always has us in sight and in mind. Can you take this with you today? I don't care what our trouble is if we're sealed. There is not a place and there's not a moment. When our Savior has us out of sight and out of mind, but he's praying for us, and those prayers succeed, he'll come. Now, I don't like suffering any more than you do, and I'm not speaking this from some lofty peak that I have surpassed human experience. No, no, we all go through the same sufferings. And we all have the same emotional reactions and we fall into the same distresses of soul. But remember, he'll come at the right time, at the best time. He'll show himself and he'll enable us to do the impossible as he did Peter in order that we may glorify him. So there's a lot to learn here, mostly about our Lord. We have been slow, but thank God he is gracious. I trust today that as we come to the end of this study, we will first want to emulate our Savior in the labor of prayer, because that will precede the enjoyment of power with our hearts open to the needs of the toiling work of God, we will really get to do business at the throne of grace. And then, let's obey him completely. Let's obey him. I don't know what that's going to involve. When God saved me, I didn't know where he was going to lead me. When God called me into the ministry, I had no idea what it was going to entail. It worked out a whole lot differently from any way ever I could have envisaged. But you see, it's not my job to foresee or oversee. It's my job to obey. I trust you'll get this. And if we can leave this place today with this triple emphasis... Be like Christ in prayer. Obey Christ whatever the cost. Keep him before you and obey him. And then in the deepest afflictions that arise in the course of obedience, trust him to come and make himself known. If we can go out with that triple emphasis... Then this study will have done everything that I ever envisaged or wanted God to do through it. I pray he'll do it in my heart. And I pray he'll do it in yours. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's all pray. Father in heaven, we thank thee for a great Savior. What a glorious Redeemer we have. We thank thee that verily he is the Son of God. O Lord, we worship him today. And our God, we pray that thou wilt make him precious to every heart. This is our longing. We remember Peter said to you, therefore, that believe he is precious. Lord, we can say amen to that. Make him more precious, even now as we wait in thy presence. Save the lost. And, O God, encourage the discouraged and the afflicted. We pray that thou wilt come walking in the waters of our lives and speak with that voice that drives away our fear and superstition. And, O God, we pray, humble us fully to follow the Lord. We pray these things, giving thee our thanks in Jesus' precious name and for his eternal glory. Amen.
0: You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at one eight six four two four four two four zero eight. That's one eight six four two four four two four zero eight. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website ww.frew fpcna.org that's www.fpcna.org this is charles kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the bible speak